Hey, it's Pastor Ted Fabianic here from Faith Love Church in Melbourne, Australia. Welcome to our podcast. We pray that when you listen to this, you'll be inspired and blessed to reach the best things that God has for you. Thank you. Father, we agree today. We agree with you. We agree with your word that you are supreme. You love us. You care for us. You have already provided everything we are ever, ever going to need. Not only have you provided for our needs, but you are going to make us that through us, you're going to supply others. Father, we're going to do what you do best, and that is to meet people where they are. Father, we're going to do what we do best is to help people without any debt. Father, we're going to help people that can't help themselves because greater are you that is in us. Father, greater than any nuclear power, greater than any popularity, greater than Instagram, Google. Father, greater are you that's in us. So the search is over, the answer's in you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to buy anything. You don't have to sing anything. It's in you. Greater is He that is what? In you. So then why are you looking around? Why do you need somebody else's opinion? I'm I'm, I'm feeling really good this morning. We're going to going to pray now. Uh, this, this is not praying. This is just me getting excited. But there's going to be a shift happen while I'm preaching, okay? Wake up this morning and see the Word of God says that God's Word never goes out without accomplishing that what He's done. So therefore you're going to have a shift. There's going to be a shift in families. There's going to be a shift in marriages. There's going to be a shift between parents and children and children and parents. There's going to be a shift in the way you think. There's going to be a shift. And guess what? The shift is never to decrease you, but increase you. The shift is never to do that. It was interesting. uh, Pastor Silva and I were talking in the car about condemnation. And you know how sometimes the lights come on? The Bible says this, Therefore now, to those that are in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. So I thought, if I'm feeling condemnation, it doesn't really exist. It's not true. It's a lie. So if you feel that God doesn't love you, somebody's lying to you, and it's not God or the person next to you. Father, I thank you today that you're going to bless us. You're going to keep us. You're going to encourage us. You are going to take us to the extreme next level. So Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give our worship team a hand. Let me just share something with you about hope. Hope is God showing you a picture of what He has made available to you that your natural resources cannot take you to. Hope is a God product, 
And what hope does, it shows you the thing that God has prepared for you, but you cannot reach it in your current thinking, nor can you reach it in your current state. When God gives you hope, it makes your natural resources squirm. When, when you get, see, natural hope says this, after today, after this meeting, I'm going to go to KFC and I'm going to get some chips and chicken. Now, I don't have to ask God, God, please, please, unless you're really, really broke. God, I need that. It's, I can do that. But when God gives you a picture of what he has prepared for you and all of your natural resources start to scream out, I can't do this, you have now entered into the realm of God. See, what we need to do is to activate faith. You need to get the proper hope. Now, faith is the substance or the weight of things hoped for. See, what happens is this. Now watch this. When you get a promise from God that seems so extravagant that you haven't got it, that hope will introduce you to faith so that it no longer becomes hope, but it becomes a reality now. Now you're looking at me. See, hope is an introducer to faith that brings it into reality. Some of us are living on hope. You've got to get out of hope and get into faith. You can sing about the promises, but wouldn't it be nicer to have the promises? How many of you, when you are hungry, look at a cookbook to get fed? Put, put your hand up. I, I really, you, people around you are going to pray for you. Gee, you know, like, man, I am starving. What am I going to do? Oh, where's Jamie Oliver's cookbook? 30-minute job. Come on. No, I haven't got 30, 15 minutes. What a cookbook does, it introduces you to what you could have. But it's an introduction. Most of us here and online are living on an introduction instead of the substance. You can't live off a cookbook. If you try, if you can do that, I will guarantee you this, you eat paper. Now, when we start, supernatural fruit requires supernatural source. So therefore, a supernatural promise requires a supernatural source. When you get a promise from God, there is nothing on a lower level, the earthly level, that can make it come true. That is why you always have a conflict. Your problem is when somebody tells me this, you know, Ted, I tried it, I put my faith in God, and it didn't work. What's wrong with God? I don't go, what's wrong with God? Why are you using something natural to try to gain something spiritual? You need to amen with me today. Because if you, you, you're not allowed to die with hope, you, are need to, you need to live by faith. Okay, now watch this, watch this, watch this. In Hosea 4, 6, 
Bible says, my people are being destroyed because they don't know me. Do you realize, look at this, I'll read it to you out of the three and we'll talk about it. My people are destroyed from a lack of knowledge. My people are ruined because they don't know what's right or true. He never says, my people are suffering because of the lack of money. My people are not struggling for the lack of health. My people are not struggling with the lack of opportunities. Check these words out. This is God identifying. He says, my people are being destroyed because of ignorance. Now, for there to be ignorance, that means that there is something that you should know that you don't know or that you know but you're not using. Amen. So here's their problem, ignorance. Let me just, we're going to deal with this. Do you realize your problem is not a lack of faith? In the scripture, you will not find this, where somebody prayed, God, I have small faith, please give me big faith, and an angel comes down, here's a big faith. Jesus, we know when they said to him, Jesus, increase our faith, he said this, right? The smallest degree of faith is bigger than anything on earth. Think about this. The Bible says, take a mustard seed. And he says, this little mustard seed can move mountains. And God says this, because people go, I've got little faith. Get a, get a load of this. Your little faith can move a mountain. So our problem or our limitation is not that you haven't got the money for the house, that you haven't got the intelligence for your promotion, that you haven't got that. Your, our issue is this. It is the ignorance. Same thing as I was mentioning you, uh, what happened to us in the car. This, this defining moment when Pastor Silva said there is no condemnation. All of a sudden, what, if I'm feeling condemned, it is a lack of knowledge that I am feeling condemned. Because when I get knowledge, I go, there is no condemnation. It does not exist. Let me just show you this. This, this will help you. Do you realize when Jesus forgives you, he has no history of you? Do you realize your past is not a historical event in God's eyes? Because if, God, if it's history, history can be remembered, correct? Your past can't be remembered. So when people tell you, well, you know, I keep getting thoughts about my past, da, da, da. You're not getting it from God because God has no history. How many enjoyed doing history at school? Father, please help these people right now. <laughs> I was, I'm not fascinated with history. I'm fascinated with the future. Now, watch this. So my people, that means you, are being limited, restricted, slowed down, made weak, made poor, made confused, made depressed, made sick because you don't know me. We're just, saying it, we're just saying it before. Please do this for me as your pastor. When you are worshiping, you're not just mimicking words, you're declarating truth. I'm always amazed that in songs we go, greater, you know, how amazing is God, how amazing is God, but the moment we stop singing, we go back to the natural. Now, what just, it gets better. Now, look at Jeremiah 1.9, it says this. Then the Lord stretched out his hand and touched my mouth. 
And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. I have put my words in your mouth. Do you realize what God wants to come out of your mouth? God wants you to speak back to him what he has told you. Let me repeat that. So he got Jeremiah. God comes in and he puts his words in his mouth. I've always wondered why, and I realize this. How, how do we answer God? God says, I want to have a conversation with you, but I don't want you to make up the words. I'll give you the words so you and I can have a conversation. So you know what we think? You don't have to. Men, 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 aren't you glad that you don't have to make up a beautiful poem for your wife? I've got Google poem for that. Sometimes we are so busy trying to get the right words, but God says to us, I have put my words in your mouth. You know what he was saying to, to Jeremiah? Jeremiah, there's a problem out there that your words will not fix. So I'm going to give the words in you to fix an outside problem. He's looking at Jeremiah and says, Jeremiah, all around you, there are problems. But nothing in you can change this present reality. So what does God say? He says, I have come, I have put my words in your mouth, and then he says this, now I want you to speak like I speak. So what does God want? He wants you to repeat back to him what he has said to you. When was the last time God said to you, I don't like you? When was the last time they said, God, you know, I've made you sick so that you can love me more? Watch this. As a born again believer, you only have the right to speak what God has spoken to you, no one else. Love me? The reason being is this. Everything that is coming against you is overcome by the spoken word that comes out of your mouth. Now, I was supposed to go for a healing crusade. This is a while back. This is when God showed me how this works. I was supposed to go for a healing crusade. Sylvie went away, and um, I just had a shower, and I decided to do something absolutely unique. I decided to clean up after myself. Now, I, I, I wanted to impress, because Sylvia would always know. She'd come home, she goes, Ted's had a shower. Why? Because I wanted to let her know that I've been there. I, I, you can see some of, the, some of the women going, yeah. And, and so in my mind, I'm going, I'm really, really going to impress this woman. So I'm going to clean up so she'll, she won't know that I've been in the ensuite. So I had my running shoes on. Now, I used to do 100 meters in 12.6 seconds. So I'm not good at long distances, but I can sprint. So I had my running shoes on, and I'm cleaning the shower with running shoes. <laughs> the phone rings. And I get, this thing, I get this thought, it's an important call, you better go. 
So in my thinking, I get into natural sprinting position. So, so I am in the shower. It is wet. I've got spikes on. And ring, ring, bang. So I fly out. Wet tile, running shoes equals disaster. So what happens, right? Man, I, I, I slip and I'm flying. I'm on tiles. So I'm thinking I'm going to hit my head. I, I, I really like my head. So I stick my hand out. And as I stick my hand out to stop myself falling, click. This excruciating pain. And you know when you want to feel sorry for yourself? Man, I, I am now, I am in pain. And I'm going there and I'm going, dear Jesus, please heal me. Dear Jesus, dear Jesus, dear lovely Jesus, heal me. God, have mercy on me, have mercy on me. I promise I'll never, ever clean up after myself again. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You know, and I'm praying, and, and Sule comes home and it's really bad. And then, and then God says to me, he goes, what are you talking about? Fabianic, stop it. And I go, why? But it's true. It hurts. And he goes, yeah, I know it hurts, but I don't want to hear that. I want you to repeat my word. So my hand is throbbing. Now it's fully swollen. And God says, what does Isaiah 53 say? By my stripes you were, past tense, healed. But now I have a problem. God is saying, my hand is healed. My body is saying, Fabianic, you're going to do. And then I had these voices. <laughs> Isn't it going to be amazing? Healing evangelist coming up on the platform with his arm in the sling. <laughs> he goes, you are going to look ridiculous. They go, you know what? How many people are going to come out for the altar call? So I'm hearing this. On this side, you are such a loser. You call yourself a man of God. On the other side, speak the word. And then this is where I learned. And God says, all I want you to do is I want you to let my word out to fix this external problem. So I walk into the surgery. The doctor looks at me and he says, looking at the swelling, and he goes, you, you, your, hands, your, arm, your arm is broken. Um, what's his name? The uh, x-ray was right next door. Go and get it x-rayed and then come back and we'll put a cast on. And, and, he, and he, then we started talking. And <laughs> without me thinking it came out, I said, it's not broken. He looked at me like, what, a, what kind of an idiot are you? And he, I think he was going to do a breathalyzer test, this thing I've been drinking. And, and, and I go, it's not broken. He said, yes, we're having this full-on argument with a doctor. I can't even spell doctor, and I'm arguing with a doctor, right? And, and he goes, just do it. And, and so I, I go in there, and God said to me, I don't want you to declare the problem. I want you to declare the answer. Because your faith arises upon your declaration, not upon your present reality. So what we did was, so I'm just praying. I said, in the name of Jesus, I did this. I go, okay. The Bible says, I shall lay hands on the sick and I shall be healed. There was no one else in the surgery there that would agree with me, right? Especially my new friend, doctor. <laughs> so while I'm waiting and to go for the x-rays, I lay my hands and I go, Father, I declare myself healed. And then all I did was spoke, by his stripes I'm healed. Now, my arm is still throbbing. My swelling is still there. We go in and they take an x-ray. 
They take another x-ray. Take another x-ray. They took about four x-rays. And then he rings up the doctor. And, and he says, and I heard him say this, why did you send him here? And they go, there's nothing wrong with him. There's no fracture. There's no hairline. Now, now watch this. It's not because I was Ted Fabianic. It's because when I got born again, God put his word in my mouth, and he says this. Now, Fabianic, I want you to talk back to me. I will respond when you speak my words. I will not respond to your negative declaration. Do you realize when you declare, I am sick, I am tired, you are declaring to the enemy that this is my present reality, make it so. But when I declare God's word, then God says this, I make sure my word will not come back to you empty. Isaiah 55 says this, God speaking, this is the God zone. God says, when I speak, the word goes out, it runs out, finishes everything, and comes back. And then God says this, when the word that you speak goes out of your mouth, which is my word, my word cannot go out and not finish what they were declared to do, and I'll come back to you as finished. See, I was not fighting reality. What I was doing was declaring that God put his hand on my mouth and he put his word inside of me. Now watch this. Let, let's talk about forgiveness for a moment. In the church globally now, there are so many books, there's so many ways of how do you forgive. Uh, uh, can, can, we, can we talk family out right now? This is the family. How many of you find, find it or have found it hard to forgive? Put your hand up. Come on. Spirit of lies, please leave everybody. I found it. Come on. When somebody does something wrong to me, I have a movie for about two and a half hours. Bad things happen to these people in my movies. See, because... We're trying to forgive on the realm where the problem was created, not from a higher realm. Remember, I've put my word in your mouth. Let me just say this. How do you forgive? By using Jesus' words. What did Jesus do on the cross? Father, forgive them. Do you realize that that's how you forgive? You forgive on a spiritual realm, not the natural realm. When you are forgiving on the natural realm, you have to fight with all of your emotions. You have to fight with the mess. You have to fight with the repercussions of that mess. Come on, you with me? It is hard to forgive on this level. Because on this level, I'm feeling the pain. On this level, I am angry. And this level, I want revenge and I want justice. But when I get up over here, I let God speak through me. I forgive you. And guess what? The moment I do that, every emotion in me comes in line and he goes, what he has said, well, I got to go into. See, your emotions, if you can think like this, think army. 
when you get privates and you get a sergeant, the moment everybody's going everywhere, the moment the sergeant goes at attention, every private lines up. And if they don't, what happens to them? Bad things happen to them. See, your emotions are like privates and you're the general. They go and command us what to do. Let me just say this. The thing that you are missing is that your emotions are lacking leadership. Come on, Jesus didn't say... I feel so happy that I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to hell. I'm going to be punished. I'm going to be beaten up. Oh, I'm just so happy. I got a beautiful feeling in my tummy. What did Jesus do? He was weeping. And he said, for the joy set before me. Every human emotion in Jesus was all, it was going, no, 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 no. But he says, no, I am here to do your will. And every emotion... Yes, sir. Give your emotions direction. Give your marriage direction. You know, people go, oh, I don't feel like love me. Get out of here. People go, I fell out of love. I don't get it. You mean you were walking along and, and you fell and you lost love. You know, one day, I, I'm in love, I'm in love, what happened? Oh, no, I've lost it. I thought I'd stuck it here. Who's, come on, give it back. L let me just show you this. Can you hit another level? That's why the, in um, Romans 12, 2, it talks about the transformation of the mind. Do you realize that your mind is not fighting transformation? It needs direction. Do you realize the mind inside of you when your spirit got born again, your mind and your emotions went into total shock. They went, oh, what happened to you? I'm a new creature in Christ. I am no longer susceptible to all of your little crimes. I am it. I am who he said I am. And your mind's going, oh. and the mind goes, your mind starts to talk to you. How do we now control him? But then your mind does this. This is how you are designed. Your mind starts to cry out, let what happened to your spirit, let it happen to me. That is why you're in church today. Because everything inside of you says, I, I want my emotions to look like the brand new man in Christ. Do you realize your emotions are crying out to you? Read me the word. Your emotions are crying out, put on some worship. Your emotions are crying, speak positively. Every emotion is tired of being sick. So when you talk about Paul, Paul is saying, transform them. Why? You cannot transform something that's untransformable, correct? So Paul is saying this. All of your emotions have been hurt over and over again. They require your healing. So when people go, oh, you're just emotional. No, you just haven't been transformed. And let me just show you this. And before we move on, that means that you can forgive yourself. That I can talk to Ted 
and go for all the past mistakes I have made that included me, all the past mistakes that I did to my family, all the past mistakes I did that I still feel guilty on because I'm responsible for them. I can go this, Ted, I forgive you and release you. Why? It's not emotion. It's your putting God's word. So therefore, guess what? After today, ring up all of your friends that are waiting for forgiveness. Hi, Ted here. You know what you did to me? I forgive you. Click. There's... The ambulance service is going to require a lot. There's going to be busy this afternoon. They're going to go. (laughs) You good? Watch this. Hebrews 12.2. We look away from the natural realm. Now, stop here. You know what the natural realm is? The natural realm is the sense realm that looks at how you feel what is happening. Okay. In a sense, right, is when my arm was broken, my natural realm was educating my mind. So when I broke my arm, it was educating me. Ted, you, it's broken. You have to stop your meetings. You can't do it. So there was an education going in there. And guess what? When I went to the doctors, what that doctor did was to reinforce what my senses have told me. You good? See, every time... You get something negative to you. God, the Satan will send somebody to reinforce it. That is why I never go down to people's level and go, there, there, poor you. You can do that all by yourself. You you don't need anybody else to have a pity party. Because no one else is going to respond to your invitation. So what happens is this, the natural realm gathers information on one realm, and he says, this is now your present reality. Get used to it. But God says this, then watch this. And we focus our, on te- uh, our attention and expectation. Uh, so, and we, us, we focus our attention and expectation on Jesus, who birthed faith. Just do what right here. How, how, do you, how, can you, how can we say we have no faith when God says this? I birth faith in you. Do you realize you have got faith now without me laying hands on you to be totally free? Can you prove it? Yeah, of course I can prove it. We get, we get, I get phone calls, internet, and all that people saying I was watching your program and I got healed. Well, how can you get healed when I wasn't there? How did you get healed? You're in the car, you're watching, you're listening to my podcast, and you get healed without me. Now, we'll, we'll get into that. Just watch this. Her birthday with us, who leads us forward into faith perfection. What's that about? Faith perfection is this, is when your faith and your emotions have been taught where you look at reality and I go, yes, it is, but I choose to confess another reality. My reality is based upon my confession. So every morning, I confess that I have an amazing marriage. I have amazing children. I have amazing grandchildren. I have an amazing church. 
I have an amazing church. I'm talking about you. See, what happens is this. It is you get the opportunity every morning to confess the reality you want to work through all day. It says, his example is this, because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be this. You would be his. He endured the agony of the cross and conquered his humiliation. And now sits exalted at the right hand of, of the throne of God. And I want you to notice the natural realm we don't focus on. We focus on what God's put upon us. Now, I'm going to show you how to do that. Uh, look at Ephesians 5.26. It's an amazing verse, and he says this. To make, this is talk, he's talking in the reference of marriage, but he's also talking about the body of Christ. It says, making her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the, through the. Now, first thing he says here, that he's washing his wife. He's not trying to get a wife, he's got a wife. Okay, so now he says, your wife needs to be cleansed by the word. And watch this. You know what he's saying? When my hands get dirty, the dirt doesn't go into my bloodstream. It sits and it covers my flesh. So when you are to cleanse something, that means that the cleaning is on the outer, not on the inner. So watch this. So this is, what, this is the imagery that God says. You have something so beautiful, but dirt has been placed on it. And what happens is when you place dirt, you don't see what's underneath. You only see the dirt. You, you good with me? So you, all, you don't, how many of you wash dirt to make dirt clean? Seriously, try to get in the garden and you go, I'm a new age gardener. I only have clean dirt. Dirt comes in, I wash it. I put it through a spin cycle. I do that. I put all, all the other stuff in it, and I get clean dirt. So when you go into my house, you go into my garden, things go out of white stuff, not brown stuff. So he's saying here, watch this, is that you've got something so amazing, but people have put dirt on it. You put dirt on it. You know, um, you know when somebody doesn't understand this principle is because they treat you like they treat you like? Isn't it amazing that God only speaks to your clean parts, not your dirty parts? Think about this. Most of your arguments between each other, it's not about the clean parts, it's about the dirt on top. <laughs> Some of you want to go amen, but the person is sitting next to you. I, I get a bit of a reality check with Saul and myself. We, we, never talked, we, we, we never had an argument about how clean we are by the blood of Jesus. Seriously, there has never been an argument with us about how clean. What we, what we argued about is the dirt on top of us. And the problem with this is... God says this, I don't want you to speak to the dirt on the person. I want you to speak on the clean of it. Because the Bible says this, it is only the word that removes the dirt. 
Uh, yeah, well, I don't like it. I'd rather listen to worship. Well, why don't you start believing what you're worshiping? Put some Bible-based worship. Come on. There's, there's some worship that's like elevator music. Okay, come on. You know what elevator music is? Elevator music is there because it's an orchestra standing next to a person with B.O. Have you, come on, have you ever walked into an elevator where the person has just gone around the block a couple of times? And he comes into the elevator and goes, ooh. The only thing that drives it out is, and then you Is this, watch this. The Bible says you can't pray the dirt away. You wash it away by speaking to God what he wants to hear. Let me show you how this is done. Um, can just can somebody just come up and just pray quietly because we want to pray. This is how you wash dirt away. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Hey, I just want to help you here because I, I spoke to somebody on the during the week. I'm not too sure who. Watch this. The Bible says that God became sin. On our behalf. He doesn't say that God had to sin to become sin. Okay, just, just watch this. So Jesus wants to identify with us as sinners. He goes, ooh, what do sinners do? Oh, I'm going to break into a shop. Uh, I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm going to punch somebody up. Oh, look, there's a lady with a pram. Kick. Oh, so sorry. Jesus didn't have to sin to become sin, correct? Correct? Then God says this, you don't have to do anything right to be righteous. Come on. Jesus did this. Father, make me sin. Bang. Jesus is now a sinner. He didn't commit sin. And then what do we do? We go, Jesus, make me righteous. Righteous. But you know what religion does? Let's throw some dirt on it. Hey, during worship, when Regina said, put your hands up, you didn't put your hands up. God took notice of that. Yeah, right. You're going to pay for not lifting your hand up. You know, one moment of lifting your hand up with a week of misery. Now, ha-ha. Next time she says, put your hand up, you'll go, Yay! You do something wrong, and what's, you know what's worse than people putting dirt on you? is you putting dirt on you. Come on. Uh, don't put your hand up because I know both of you, everybody will stand. How many of you ever called yourself an idiot? You know what that is? It's putting dirt on you. Because I'll guarantee you, Jesus is not going to come in your room, hey, idiot, arise. If Jesus did that to me, I'd go, who are you talking to? You can't be talking to anybody in my room. Watch this. You know you've got dirt on you when you say stuff like this. I'm just a sinner that's saved by grace. Please. 
I come to the cross. The only time, listen to me carefully, the only time you ever confess that you're a sinner is at the cross to enter the kingdom. So if this was the cross, I'd do this. Father, I am a sinner. I require the full redemption of the cross given by grace through love and faith. And I go, I leave my confession on this side. I come on this side. Now my confession changes to what happened to me, not history. So on this side, I am a sinner. You don't have to put dirt on me because I'm dirty underneath. I'm underneath dirty, top dirty, bottom dirty. Dirt. I come through the cross. I am the righteousness of Christ. I have no history. I am loved. I am favored. God's mercy is on me. I am who He says I am. I can do what He says I can do. That is now my confession. Over here, I need a Savior. Over here, I have a Savior. You know, what, you know what's interesting? How, can I speak to you as married couples here right now? How many of you get up in bed, you know, you can think, oh, please, Jesus, I want to get married. 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 You, t- you wake up. Oh, who's this woman next to you? <gasps> While I was asleep, a woman walked into my bedroom. <gasps> She's your wife. When you were single, Jesus, give me a woman. Give me a, give me a wife. Turn around. It's a pillow. How is it in, we, we go, oh, that's it. Yeah, that's just marriage. But that's what we do in the spirit realm. We go over here. Jesus, Jesus, please make me clean. God says, go through the cross and you're clean. And we're still praying the same prayer. Over here, I'm trying to get faith. But I'm over here because I have faith. I'm feeling another message coming on right now. We've got to start. But I'll close on this. Over here, I'm questioning that my faith. Have I got enough to get saved? Have I got? Have I got? I give myself the confession of my faith. I go over here. I'm now no longer looking for faith. I am now living in faith. So over here, I don't have to doubt. Over here, I came to the cross with my doubts. Over here, I'm walking in faith. So get, we'll, we'll close here. You need to get clean. Pastor Ted Fabianic endorses this message. And your pastor is telling you that I want you to every single day read the word over your life. Every day I'm washing myself. I never realized I, we were in the board of meeting and I, and I look back when I started to do that everyday exhortation that we would send out. And then I, I started off with just maybe a little bit. And now I'm giving people a whole book. And I looked at it and I go, what's, what's happened to me? And I looked at it, I'm putting more and more scripture, more and more scripture, more and more scripture, because I realize this, my Ted Fabianic encouragement will help you today, but God's word will help you eternally. So what we want to do is we want to start a revolution inside of you. Get yourself cleaned up. Find out who you are. You will be surprised how good you are. You would be surprised how amazing you are once the dirt is removed. You will be surprised how good the person next to you is. Man, 
man, it is, it is amazing. It is amazing. That is why parents, you never speak to the dirt in a child. You speak to the spirit of the child. Come on. We, we need to wash and wash and wash. Wives, wash your husbands. Husbands, wash your wives. Kids, wash your parents. Parents, wash your kids. Washing of the water. Now, just before I pray, there is no substitute for the Word. You can, we, we're going to have, a, we're going to pray for people today, but it's not a substitute. The problem we have, we pray for you. God touches you. You walk out of here. You're still living like dirt. I've got a little, I have to do this. Can you give me a little bit more? That is why most people say this. I got prayed for, I felt really good, but the, the moment I got out of the church, I went there, all of a sudden it came back. You know why it comes back? It's because your attention is already back on the dirt. Because when we're praying for you, we're looking to your spirit. Now, now we're getting heavy, okay? So now all of a sudden God touches you in your spirit. You get healed, you get transformed. You walk out of there, you start looking at dirt, speaking dirt. You nullify the prayer that's been prayed to you. See, you retain what the Word washes. So today, you're clean. Jesus even said, you're already clean by the Word I have spoken unto you. I love you very much. Father, our amazing Father, our loving Father, Father, you put words into our mouths because that's the word that we need to see a breakthrough. We don't need to make up the words. We don't need to find out a formula for the words. We've already got them. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we, Father, we need a breakthrough, Dad. Father, hope has painted us the picture. But Father, now we want the reality of that picture in us. So Father, right now, I speak the word over every single person. That by his stripes, you were healed. By his stripes, every emotion in your body has been healed. Confess this over your life. I can forgive everyone who has offended me and release them because of Jesus. Do even more. Why don't you release yourself? I can forgive myself for failing me. So Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I just release this spirit over your life. I release it into your emotions. I release it into your body. I release it into your marriage. I release it in your workplace. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, Father, we release the Word. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to leave you with this. God is not just the source. He is the only source. 
God is not a source. He's the only source. He's just not the source of healing. He's the only source of healing. Get, confess that over your life. God is my only source. Hey, God bless you. We'll see you again.